From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling. And I'm Matt Doan. Yes. You did it like super fast. I know. Because I usually say your name. I usually like say your name really quick. For yeah. It, you know, but I just like to get through that intro part. Yeah. Most people kind of know. Well, normally there's that do 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 do, and oh, yeah. Natalie comes. Hello, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. Yeah, for laughter and jokes. Everyone has <laughs> just heard it, and then we're like, we don't even remember what it is. Right? People have just heard it, and we like, can't talk about it. That's amazing. Yeah, that, is, that was a great note to start on. Yeah, man. So big, big weekend for you. What's the what's going on? Yeah, in your life? so kind of highs and lows. My uh, <laughs> mother turned seventy five yesterday. Whoa! And she was in town. Her and my dad. I uh, live in Santa Cruz, but they came down to hang out with us and with my sister. Really, really, they came down to hang out with uh, oh, yeah, my sister's <laughs> twins who are 15 months old. And so they're here for the week. So we got to celebrate with her in person, which doesn't happen very often. So that was great privilege for us yesterday. Nice. And then I have a son that's uh, on a weekend missions trip with uh, a group from his school. They're at an Indian reservation up by Bishop. Nice. So they get home later today. And uh, yeah, that. Other than that, we just kind of hunkered down. Nice. How about you? What's the last couple of days look like? So I had, uh, well, like pre-Sunday, I went on a little boat trip with my buddy, Eric, who has a boat. So it's nice when you have friends with boats because yeah. friends with boats have to pay for the boat, first of all. <laughs> you don't have to clean it. And they have to clean it. Yeah, all that Store kind of it. stuff. Yeah. So he's got this like tugboat. I might have mentioned it before, but uh, it's like a, it's called a Ranger Tug and a 24-foot motorboat. And yeah, we took it out to Catalina out to the two harbors part of Catalina, nice. which is like more rustic. Yes. Went in some hikes, swam a little bit. Oh, so you actually, fished. you actually went on land. Oh yeah. 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 We always go on land. So that's the fun part too. Cause you go out to like the Island, then you take the dinghy to shore, go on a hike, go eat it. There's a kind of like a rustic little restaurant there mm-hmm. in two harbors. Avalon's like got millions of restaurants. And sure. Stuff, so that's nice. But this was like a lot farther away. So yeah. So we had cool couple nights with a buddy wow. trip. So did you see Buffalo or no, no pigs did not see any of that stuff. Okay. So I did see a shark. Yeah. Really? Just a, a little lep- a Mako. A, no Mako shark. No, a leopard shark. Leopard shark. There's a ton there. And I, yeah. Le- uh, Catalina. Makos are bitey sharks. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Leopards are not bitey sharks. Okay. My friend Eric liked to, I, I made this distinction between bitey sharks and not bitey sharks, <laughs> but that's the key distinction with sharks is <laughs> if they're bitey. <laughs> Let me ask you, shark, do you bite or do you not bite? Cause that's going to change our relationship right here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So no bitey sharks, but yeah, lots of typical Garibaldi and stuff. And then yes. we caught some calico do you bass. Know it's illegal to kill a Garibaldi. I very much do know that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I grew up in Laguna Beach, so we uh-huh. had like Garibaldi all over and yeah. stuff. So there and in Catalina's tons of Garibaldi. Yeah. They're the most beautiful fish. Did you know that the juvenile Garibaldi <laughs> are also not just bright orange, but also bright blue? Oh, really? So they've got bright, like almost fluorescent blue spotty stuff yeah. on their bodies, which is like, oh. they're the coolest fish, man. Dude, God Yes. The creator is just so imaginative, creative, wonderful, just loves beauty. Like, I'm just going to make this fish bright orange or I'm going to make juvenile blue spot. Like, that's just, it's so cool. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. I agree. I agree. And like, it's cool too that that's like our state fish because there's tons of them because you're not Uh allowed to, because you're not allowed to kill them Mm because it's state fish. Um, So it's good. But I was thinking, I wondered if 
like before that was a rule, they must have been like the prime candidate to try and catch. Like if you were like, oh yeah, like if you were Native American back in the old days yeah. and you're trying to like survive and catch fish, you're like, oh that giant bright I can orange, see one. The orange one. <laughs> As I dive into the salt water and my eyes are steaming, I can at least make out the orange. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing though. Like, thank you God for making me so beautiful, but actually it's not, <laughs> not the best out here in the ocean. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of setting apart. So yeah, so good weekends and uh, yeah, uh, you know, other stuff going on. But yeah, what not a that gift! Just to, I mean, even though it's still Southern California, just to get outside of oh, the norm and out into creation, it's totally. awesome, man. Yeah, it's so cool because it's like super. Catalina is amazing because you've got Avalon's developed, and a lot of people go to Avalon, but mm-hmm. Catalina is twenty six miles long. Yeah, and so Avalon is just this tiny little little town and then mm-hmm. there's another you know 22 miles of it or whatever right. that like are just completely undeveloped yes like it's pretty wild and so it's cool it was fun to even like kind of hike around a little bit mm-hmm. and at that two harbors or the isthmus that's a hard word mm-hmm. isthmus <laughs> uh you can just like walk across to the other side like yeah. in five minutes you can get to the right the windward side of the island, as we call it. Yeah, I actually took a group of high school students here from Calvary one year, many years ago. But we actually came into Two Harbors, got all our food there. We had it, like, shipped there. Because there's, there's, like, they do boats yeah. there, like, once a week or something. So we had it shipped there to, like, the little tiny market, got all our food, and then, like, basically <laughs> walked and then had a truck take our stuff over that to the other side. Nice. And you felt like, whoa, yeah, I'm, I'm like, on. It's like castaway yeah. in some ways. Like I'm just on this like abandoned island. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So anyway, it was a good, good little hangout time. And then were you nervous at all? Like, was I on speed dial just in case like you didn't make it back? Was there like any weather? Like I had no idea you were doing this. So like, what if like you would have gotten weathered in? Because when did you get back? Saturday? Yeah, I got Saturday. And you like, preached around Sunday. one or so. Okay, so you had a little buffer there. Yeah, a little buffer. I had to be there for a. The Taste of Olu event that oh. night that I had to volunteer for okay. at Orange Lutheran. <laughs> you, so. you got voluntold? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. That's great. Anyway, a little fundraiser my, at the kids' school. My sketchiest, I hope I make it, was last year, um, my in-laws took all 17, their, their three kids and then all the grandkids, took, took us all to Hawaii. And um, we went. And we came back Saturday night. We got home at 11 at night. Oh, man. We talked about this last week about going to bed early on Saturdays or yeah, something like right, that. that's right. And I had to preach the next day. And I wasn't really thinking about like, oh, yeah, we're going to make it. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I think it was Marie like looked at me on the flight like, oh, I'm glad we made this flight. What have we, what have you done? Because you were on sabbatical. <laughs> oh, I was on sabbatical. That's even worse. So I was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like a nice phone call at midnight, right? Like, yeah. hey. John like, Sherman, Ron Rogowski, you're up. <laughs> Figure was, something out. I know. Who do you, who, maybe Diddy? Yeah. Diddy, that last summer when I was, or two summers ago when I was on sabbatical, yeah. Diddy like straight rejected me, like wouldn't speak because he was like just had stopped being on staff and he was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> he, I'm sure he's got like 10, 12 sermons just in his back pocket. That's what I think too. Like, ready to go. 10, 12, t- 1200. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> At some level. Right. But, yeah, I know. I know what you mean though. But uh, yeah, anyway, he's, I, I locked him in for June. He's speaking in June. Oh, yeah. The, so. the breaking news here yeah. on the Calvary pod. Well, we can break do, some do, other do, news do, do. that likely someone else will be on sabbatical next summer has to be approved still right yes so we'll see 
Yes, Matthew C. Doan is uh, up for sabbatical summer 2024. Yeah, we'll see. I I feel like I want to reject your proposal just because it makes my life easier to have you here. That's somehow a compliment, I feel like. It's 100% a compliment. Uh, No, but of course, I'd want you to be on sabbatical, and it's going to happen. So, yeah, breaking news. Matt Doan, sabbatical. What's the the breaking news sound? Or something like that. I was just remembering this. I don't know. It's funny. That we're, a lot of things we bring up on the pod, I was thinking about earlier, but oh. recently I was thinking about how, like during sporting events, all of a sudden ABC News would be like, breaking news, Peter Jennings, this is just happening in the world. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah, in the middle of your show. Yeah. That's true. I forgot about that. Like they don't do that anymore that I'm aware of. No. Maybe if it was like, I don't know. I bet they, okay, you'd have to be watching live like network TV. Mm-hmm. So if, cause you could still be watching live network TV, even though we're both cord cutters, I'm a cord cutter. I am, but I also have Hulu that has like Hulu live where, so I can watch sports and stuff. Okay. I just rarely watch actual like live. TV. Right. Right. It's just usually you, if you're going to watch a show, yeah, you just, just like those days are gone. Streaming. Yeah, I know. And which is nice. You don't have to think about like, Oh, Sunday's at eight o'clock or, yep. you know, Thursday's at <laughs> nine. Uh, <laughs> Just watch whenever you can. Like, uh, podcaster, I mean, a listener, this is reminding me of the days when you had 12 channels on basic channel, on oh, basic cable, yes. and you would go through all 12, nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing, yep. nothing, and then you would just go back. Like, yeah. Click, okay, I already did click, all 13. Click, yeah. Okay, now back to two. With an actual <laughs> dial, like a like an analog <laughs> dial. I remember doing that as a kid. Uh, and I remember even like in youth ministry, for a while, it was, remember when Lost was big? Uh-huh. And it was like college group would be struggling because Thursday nights was lost and people would be like not showing <laughs> They'd up. They'd be like, hey, I got to see gotta what happens. I got to watch this next show. Yeah. You know, like oh. that kind of thing. It would be affecting like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But now it would just be like, yeah, dude, I watch Lost on, you know, when I am like, <laughs> like hanging out right. on like Saturday morning or whatever. Pretty much the only thing now that would be sort of in that same genre would be like the Super Bowl. Yeah, like sports. Yeah, sports. like Sunday night church is difficult when you have right. the Super Bowl going on. Right, that's true. Super Bowl. I know that's like why New Life meets with us on Sunday morning right. on that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally true. It's uh, awesome. Have you noticed any drop off here at Calvary of uh, certain men or women since football started? Ooh, I know. Not any. Should we, should we say some names? One. I mean, <laughs> maybe just the ones in our fantasy football league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those guys have been MIA. <laughs> But uh, I know the temptation's real to look. So I didn't look at all during church, during the service. Wow. No. What a bar. I mean, set. I was I, actually, no, I, no, 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 I'm not saying that's the bar. I'm just saying I didn't look at all. But la- the first week I didn't look until like 1230 or 1215. Like okay. when it's like when church gets out, church okay. is like all the way out, like right. second service and everything. Sure. But this week I did look at like 1030 kind of in between services when I was like, Walking in and what do you mean by look? Maybe people don't understand what that means. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Look at the scores of our fantasy football league. I don't mean look at the game. You have no idea who won or lost. No, no, I don't care about who won or lost the games, but I just want to see if I have points or not. And so, and then I can just feel like relaxed about my life, yes, instead of stressed about my life. I gotta tell you though, there's something fun about just going through the whole morning and then on the way home, pulling mm-hmm. in your driveway and then just opening your phone and be like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> Dang, I couldn't wait for that drive. So I remember I looked when I got in my car okay. to drive away. Okay. And then I just like stopped and, and checked the scores. There was a time here when um, like I felt like our phones never got great reception here. Does your phone do oh, okay I now? That. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I great. think I think mine does too. Sometimes in the in the worship center, it's not great. Really, like what, when you're preaching, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch. When you're something. trying to like watch a TV show, <laughs> trying to watch Lost during my sermons. Yeah. What can I ask? Maybe it's all the phones on that the air. In. What service you have? Yeah, we have Verizon. Okay, so I have AT and T. Okay, so we do have different experiences. Yeah, interesting. I, I remember. I think I did leave Verizon because in our old youth ministry office, we couldn't get any cell service. You're right. With Verizon. You're right. I remember that. Yeah, there's actually a spot between. <laughs> Red Hill and the 55, that's like a dead spot. Like if you've ever been listening to music or something really? in your phone or you've been in the passenger seat not driving and you've been on your phone, <laughs> it never works right there. Interesting. I'd love any listener to verify that. That's like Old Town Orange for some reason. Like they huh. just didn't build cell phone towers. <laughs> Maybe it's not. Too it's, old. <laughs> we just want you to be present here. <laughs> anyway, okay. Let's... Uh, should we move on to... Mm -hmm. Let's get into... Okay, here's what we're doing today, folks. So we just had... You know, 13 minutes of uh, pointless banter, but uh, you've either Garibaldi's you've either enjoyed it. Cell phone I, reception. I, I do. I've said this before. Like you do. Like I like listening to other podcasts that I don't even know who these people are in real life. Yes. But for some reason, I've kind of gotten to know and care about the things they care about. Yeah. That doesn't mean people actually do care about us. I was going to say, I think we, we may be the exception. But <laughs> but I think there are some that, that do. It's just a little regular life kind of stuff. Sure. But then... Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about Sunday morning, yesterday, uh -huh. like the topic and all yeah. that. And then we have got listener questions. So I want to talk about yesterday yeah. and then um, get into some of these, uh, some of this mailbag. Did you say questions like in plural? Oh, yeah, dude. So here's the deal. I checked this morning uh, the actual email address, podcast at calvarylife.org, which is just a desert, which I only have access to, not you. You don't have <laughs> no. access to it. Again, that kind of the theme. Oh! We didn't have any of this. So I checked it this morning, had no questions. Okay. So I put up an Instagram post to ask sure. for questions and I got like eight questions. Okay. And then, and then I just checked it just now. It's two 30 in the afternoon on Monday and we have two questions. So in my mind, a direct email to the, um, podcast email, it has takes priority over the Instagram. Oh yeah. 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 Podcast at Calvary life gets, uh, <laughs> you get gets instant full, access. Full we have talked access. to a few people too who are afraid to ask questions because they're afraid we're going to make fun of them or like call them out on the air. They want to be anonymous. Oh yeah. That was Shannon Reese. <laughs> <laughs> so we, <laughs> Oh, there goes that. But if you are, if you're, if you're similarly fearful that we're going to, Mm -hmm. I don't know, something about your question or about who you are as a person, you can always say, please make me anonymous. And we will honor that unless you're Shannon Reese. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It depends on who you are, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, no. It, if you are, um, if you ask us to keep it anonymous, we, we totally will. We totally will. All right. So, wow. We got some interesting questions here. Okay. The question. Wow. I, I know. I don't know what to say. Plural questions? I think one person actually has information, which is always, uh, you know, uh, like correction and retraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the, the tall pulpits. Remember we talked about the up high pulpits? <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah. So we have some additional info on tall pulpits. I feel like you need to start with that. We can't go anywhere <laughs> okay, else. We can't until go anywhere we... else. Yeah. All right. So this is from a guy named Steve who is a field worker overseas. Okay. So we'll keep it at that. Okay. Right? Great. Um, and we, we might have mentioned him before, but we'll keep his, uh, we'll keep his location um, anonymous. But uh, he says, hey, you asked for 
You asked for info. Okay, we did. We actually asked for that. I mean, I don't know if we actually <laughs> No, I think we did. Okay, so you asked for info about the raised pulpit at the top of the stairs. Forget the specifics. Oh, I forget the specifics of how you phrased it. St. Barnabas Church down um, uh, has one, this place, somewhere. I, I got to keep... Man, he's being very specific about his location. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't expecting it to be read on the air. Well, no, he emailed a podcast. All right. <laughs> um, so it's this elevated pulpit. Uh, so anyway, it's just... Uh, it says originally used in both the East and the West. Huh. So that's that's like Orthodox Church, right. if you guys don't know what that means. Like the Eastern, right. like the Greek Orthodox, the great Russian schism. Orthodox. Uh-huh. Yeah as well as then the Catholic Church would have been in the rest of the uh-huh, world at uh-huh. the time. But it's almost disappeared in the Western. Uh, in early Western churches, it was called, the Ambon was known also as the greatest lectorium or latricium. Hmm. And then that's where we got the words lectern, mm-hmm. lectorium, lectern, yeah. or pulpit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's like full on like walking up like 20 stairs. Oh. And so you can see, like, if you Google pictures of an AMBO, A-M-B-O, at, uh, like, St. Mark's Basilica in uh-huh. Ven- in Venice, famous church, uh-huh. or Basilica of St. Clement in Rome, you can see a picture of that. Sure. So. AMBO, I've never heard that. I mean, no, that was the word that was connected AMBO. to it. Yeah. Me neither. Literally never heard that in my life. But we're definitely more connected to the Western church. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we're not, <laughs> right. we're not really in, like, the Greek Orthodox I have to say, Sam's Vic Chapel here on our campus has the most incredible podium. I think it was created by Jim Wallace, one of our Calvary members. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like giant wood. It's got yes. like felt where you put your Bible or your notes. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a good piece of wood. It is. It's nice. I like it, too. All right. We'll leave the other questions for okay. later because that one was so exciting. Thank you, Steve. Um, <laughs> can hear the dials turning yeah, right now wow. like what's the next podcast in my lineup yeah yeah we could we could timestamp that steve's boring answer to our boring question uh, <laughs> for four minutes or whatever Wait, no offense steve we don't want to lose <laughs> no 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 our full, listener. full offense <laughs> he'd appreciate it All so right. this sunday going yes. through luke and yes. we're now well into chapter seven Mm-hmm. So in this um, Faith Like This um, series, and so you led us well on Sunday going through uh, chapter 7, verses 11 through 17, and it's a story of, it's pretty, it's one of the most incredible stories, you even said this yesterday, like one of the best stories in the Bible, right? It really is. Of a widow's son um, in this small town of Nain, uh, raised from the dead by Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the method off the top. So uh, you went with a a method of preaching that we often maybe never have used here at Calvary, and that is called the first-person narrative. And it's where you put yourself in the story as the preacher and tell the story, not necessarily from one of the characters' point of views, although that's one of the ways to do it, but it's almost from like a... um, uh, a, a non-mentioned person who just like is kind of pretend like you're on the outside looking in. Yeah. So you chose to be the cousin mm-hmm. of the boy. <laughs> oh boy. He's laughing. I'm not laughing because he died. I just. Yeah. Wow. Dad. So. So. Well, it does mention these people carrying the. Yes. Coffin. So you were so a I chose to be, I, I was like, who would have been carrying the coffin? Yes. You know. So that's why I went. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So walk oh. us through <laughs> the decision to do first-person narrative. Which I'll, I have so much I could use on this, but I will say 
think it was a wise use of first-person narrative in this passage because it's just a straight story. Yeah. There's really not a ton of comments about it. It's a commentary from Luke. It's just, this is what happened. Yeah. So tell us about it. How was that process for you? Well, okay. So if people don't know, like kind of the prep process here a little bit is like all like well ahead of time, I'll do some, and I think you have this similar process, but like we do some like research type study, like studying the text for ourselves, doing some commentary work. And then we gather, um, for these like brainstorm meetings mm-hmm. with like a group of just like creative people or people with some like theological insights, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in that brainstorm discussion of this passage that came up as a possible idea like mm-hmm. this, man, this passage could be maybe be really good from like, and we mentioned this guy, Chris Brown, who mm-hmm. is this pastor of a North coast church in like North San Diego County, who is a Hume Lake speaker. A lot of times when we were there as youth pastors and he is probably the best person at this method and he's incredible he, at like it. you just you're immersed in the story but he always does this thing like i'm sitting down i've got my diet coke my popcorn the i'm at, at the theater this this the curtain opens up the camera pans down i'm going across <laughs> the field and you've got the grass is coming it's, it's running under you the grass of the field until you sounds, come up to this battle scene you know and it's just like sounds like a combination of will arnett and like uh gladiator i mean yeah dude basically like that's exactly yeah yeah there's nothing better than that description right <laughs> so anyway he's just like that's kind of like this intense way of doing yeah. it but it's it always grabs you yeah and um mm-hmm. so it was like hey let's do this like maybe like a chris brown thing would be good and i'm like okay guys maybe i'm gonna have to like see <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to try, I'll have to like try it out myself. I need to like, yeah, work through this. And so then I was actually like trying it out in my office. I remember in like you and Robert Carter right. walked by. Right. And Robert does this thing. Robert Carter does this thing, guys. If you're in your office working or in a meeting, he'll come and we have, we all have like windows on our office. And um, he comes and just like places his face like up against the window <laughs> looking in like, like he's longing. Sad puppy dog. Sad, like wanting to be part of whatever's happening right. in there. And I'm trying to like, do my initial first practice of this whole first person storytelling thing. And then, um, and then I see Robert's face in the window and then I'm just like instantly like turning red embarrassed. And yes. I came out and I'm like, uh, and you guys are just laughing like, okay, man, you better commit. <laughs> well, that's the thing that's, yeah. with first person, everything in you, I've tried this a few times. Yeah. Just wants to bail. You're like, yeah. Okay, so that's probably how I was like. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But you went for it. <laughs> you you did, carried yeah. it out. I was so proud. But you got to. You got to commit to you it. Gotta, but there's also like, there's also two committed. So there is a line. <laughs> there's like some sort of line. Because I remember we had this guy. Yes. We had this oh, guy boy. here. Remember for yes. one of those like it was like a mission Sunday yes. or something. Like uh-huh. this is maybe this is over 15 years ago. Yeah, maybe I, 20 years ago. Yes. And he came out in like. Like a kid's Christmas play, like uh, Joseph and Mary robes. I think that was the issue. It was <laughs> He came with robes it on. It was the time period dress that <laughs> kind of threw everybody off. Yeah. And he did. But I think he did 30 minutes, like, or 20, 30 minutes on, like, the story, too. Yeah, it was it was basically his entire talk. That's what it was. Yeah. And I remember being like, this is, no offense, like, it's kind of offense, but, like, this is awful. <laughs> like, this is really, I was, I would felt like, you know that feeling when you are a teenager and you feel embarrassed by your parents? <laughs> That's kind of, like, the feeling I had. Like, if your parents, like, did something too publicly or whatever, yes. it was embarrassing. You felt that, that I day. felt that, yeah. like, sitting in church because I was on sure. staff. Anyway, but I was, so I was scared to become that guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, I anyway. was nervous for you. Oh, uh, thanks. 
but I think there's a, th- what we are trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish in that mm-hmm. setting and with that technique is you're taking a story that either is a familiar or B people. Why should I even care about this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's either, Oh, I know it so well. So I want to just kind of give you a different perspective. I want to yes. flip the camera to a different angle. Yes. Or I think this is a great account of, it's so amazing the story, but you could also come across it and be like, I don't, it feels so random. It didn't necessarily progress the narrative a ton for it, although we're going to learn it does, it does with like Luke calling Jesus Lord and things like that. Mm-hmm. But your first glance of it, you're like, okay, it's just a story of Jesus in some small town healing a guy. And then it kind of moves on to the next story. Yeah. So I think your goal was to get people to care and to yes. feel the emotions of the story. And it, it worked. Yeah, it totally worked good. as an audience member. Oh. I got to say it worked. <laughs> so well done. Thanks. You felt like the sort of the drama of the yes. moment and like the emotion of yes. the people. And like, I was also trying to get us to recognize that like this had never happened before. Yeah. Like this is crazy. Like, and, and so how would you be reacting if someone's coming up to you, if you're mm. caring, like, you know, you'd A be like, protective. Yeah, yeah. You're like, dude, this isn't, yeah. you don't, like if you if you or I were to like walk into some random like funeral or memorial service, like and we you know people would be like, dude, don't like disturb yeah. this. This is right. This is not a place to come and like bring your crowd with you. Yeah, it almost be like um, someone running for office and like passing out flyers or like doing like a stump <laughs> speech yeah. while you're trying to mourn. Like, hey, this is not the time. Or, right. Yeah. Right. So just like that's what you might think is happening. Mm-hmm. And so just to try to get our our heads in that, and it was helping. It was interesting because as I practiced it the first time, huh. it kind of helped me see parts yeah. of the story that I totally. wasn't seeing. And so that was cool. Just like, yeah, I don't know. Well, what you just said, the crowd coming, Jesus and all these people just around him coming towards the funeral procession. That didn't stick out to me until mm-hmm. Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, oh, yeah, it's crowd came, crowd came. Like, you don't realize, oh, but I was if I was there, I'd be so confused, yeah. upset, protective. Yeah. You're holding a coffin and then he comes in and the guy comes back to life and then yes. the coffin starts shaking or something like he's trying to get up. Like, I don't know, man. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. So all sorts of. There's so many great almost throwaway lines in the scriptures, too, especially in the Gospels. Yeah. Like Peter's uh, mother-in-law is healed and it says she immediately goes and starts waiting on yeah. people. This one, too. He gets up. The the boy gets up and starts talking. Yeah. What do you think he said? Like, I know. That's what... Oh, man, that was a great nap. Or <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Wait, last time I remember there was a rock that hit my head. What happened? Or, yeah. I don't know. What do you think he said? Why am I outside? Like, why are we? Why is everyone out here? Right why now? am I wearing these clothes? Yeah. Yeah. He must have been wrapped up in funeral. Like, I guess. In burial. It's in an open coffin. So it's like. Like burial cloths. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know. So anyway, that was an effective way to do it. I think you drew all of us in. Okay. And okay. there was just these three great points that Jesus sees. Jesus is um, overcome or overwhelmed. Overflows. With com- overflows with um, compassion. Yeah. And then Jesus saves. Yeah. Ah, oh, that will preach, my brother. Yeah. That's so good. It's in the text. It's. Yeah. It's really good. It does feel. Like, God, those are like such, such ultimate three points right there, yes. you know, for the three point sermon. But the fact, because I do think it's so wonderful and beautiful that he sees, mm-hmm. that he sees people and he sees us in like the state that we're in, whatever, yep. whatever state we're in, yep. whether we're grieving or whether we're filled with like happiness and everything's going good, yep. you know, whatever he sees us. Yeah. That was an interesting, I think, note to what you mentioned was. Jesus sees us in our suffering, like the widow, but Jesus also sees us in our sin. Yeah. Right? Like he sees it all. Yeah. 
I think sometimes there's a sense of like, okay, I get that Jesus sees me in my sin. I'm like, oh, God, I, can, I can't come to church. The walls will fall down on me or something. Yeah. Or I get that Jesus sees me in my suffering because that's when I'm crying out and really hurting. But to almost hold both in tension, I think there's something that's pretty meaningful about that. But then yet, not just that he sees us and is like, oh, I observe that. Yeah. <laughs> but then right. it moves into his response. Yeah, that he overflows with compassion. Yes. Yeah, not just as a little bit of, that's what I was trying to like, not just a little bit of pity or mm-hmm. like, but this overflowing. Mm-hmm. And I love like Isaiah 30, 18. Yes, that's such a good passage. It's just the best passage. And I love, especially I love the way that the good old, for me, good old NASB, 90, like the old uh, NASB 95, like the, uh-huh. the way it's um, worded there. I love it. Therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. And he waits on high to have compassion on you. Hmm. It's so good. It is. Yeah. He's just wanting to. He's longing to. And I, I bring this verse up. I probably said that verse on our stage maybe 20 times mm-hmm. or something. But mm-hmm. I just keep coming back to it because I yes. want us to realize that. And that's kind of the, I'll probably bring it up again, you know, when we, once we get to chapter 15. Because mm-hmm. that's like the heart of the prodigal son story is yeah. that the father is like, running right like longing yeah. to be um to be compassionate to be gracious yeah um and so that's how our father is too yeah and that word save of compassion i think you've said it before but it's the yeah. idea of it's not just even um an emotional feeling although it is that but it's almost a physical feeling like literally like mm-hmm. in your guts mm-hmm. like you're just feeling mm-hmm. that like oh my body's like shaking almost with just the um like empathy mm-hmm. for that person and jesus is described often as feeling that for yeah, people absolutely it's yeah it's and even one of those previous passages that we were doing i think it's it was the love your enemies passage it's like says you should be like we are to be compassionate like jesus like if you do this you'll be mm-hmm. you know you'll be compassionate like your god is compassionate mm-hmm. jesus is saying that because it's yeah. his it's a, uh, as he preaches that sermon he's yeah. saying like the more you do this, the more you'll be like God mm-hmm. who is compassionate. Yeah. So like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's our God. That's who we get to worship and serve and live for. Yep. And one day we'll spend eternity with this. Yeah. This God of compassion is incredible. And the other thing that just, again, I'm like, I, I know I said it yesterday, but it stood out to me or stands out to me is that next part of Isaiah 30, it says for God is a God of justice. Yeah. And cause he is, because he is just, he knows that he like, it's his grace and compassion upon us that brings justice, mm-hmm. you know, cause there is a consequence that is yeah. deserved or is needed. Right. He sees our sin. <laughs> yeah. And then he enters into it and the, yeah. obviously that compassion suffer with, he comes in and like, yeah. and then suffers for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> suffers for us. Right. So, um, yeah, anyway. that was, that was such a good line. I know we've heard it at other places too, but it's like, I didn't make it up. Jesus yeah. saves uh, that third point, not to make bad people good, yeah. but to make dead people live yeah like oh that's so good that's the gospel right there right yeah so that's his compassion moving uh, to do that a couple things that pointed that hit me too. things that like you don't i don't know think about or it's like oh yeah that's a good point but uh (laughs) the idea that i wouldn't recommend telling a widow don't cry (laughs) that was good when her kid dies (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, her only kid yeah (laughs) but that god had the authority jesus as god had the authority (laughs) Yes. <laughs> to be able to say that, knowing what he was about to do, right? Exactly. So, uh, exactly. Yeah, I think like, I love that. It's not prescriptive necessarily. It's a narrative of. <laughs> Although interestingly, because I didn't have time to, I didn't want to take the time, and it's kind of a derail to go into it. But so you go back to Nehemiah eight, mm. 
And that is where you've got that story of the people weeping when they hear yes. the word of God read to them. It's a good old God joy passage. Whoa. But, uh, and then they say, don't cry, don't weep, celebrate, eat the fat, drink the sweet. For yes. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Cause it's like when you recognize the conviction leads to grace, yes. then you don't weep because, right. uh, you know, you, you, and I think they're weeping again, like this is all a bit of conjecture because it doesn't fill in all the, the, the blanks or mm-hmm. it doesn't, there's a lot missing in mm-hmm. the, the narrative for us. But like, I think it must have been some sort of like overcome with unlike worthiness or like, uh, like shame or something mm-hmm. kind of weeping. And he's like, no, no, like, yeah, you are being made worthy you yes. know, by, by me right now. So don't weep, celebrate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, there's cool. such a, there's so many echoes, shadows of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. just even in the Gospel of Luke. And then this is the first time you mentioned, too, I didn't realize this, but that Jesus, or Jesus referred to by the author Luke as Lord. Right. And you just see Luke building this case. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of his, like, drop the mic, boom moments. Totally. Like, okay, you've just walked through seven chapters full of details of Jesus' life. And now I'm revealing. And by the time you get here, you're almost like, of course, of course he's <laughs> Yahweh. Of course he's Lord. Yeah. That's who he is. You can see it. Right. Right. So, and we have like, it's so hard to read the Bible without all of our, the knowledge we already have about the whole narrative. Yeah. Um, and it's so the get in like, yeah, of course Jesus is Lord. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we know that. And we hear that in the epistles. We hear that throughout other gospels mm-hmm. and, and even this one. And then we're like, oh, whoa, like to realize he was kind of waiting to drop that title. Yes. If you were just that first century reader that's like trying to check this out or you're Theophilus, yes. you know, Luke's buddy trying to read this. Yes. And then you're, whoa, Lord? The Lord <laughs> did? What do yeah. you mean, Lord? Yeah. yeah. So. I remember the first time I told Marie I loved her uh-huh. and it was just hitting me. Um, I was like, oh, man, I love this girl. And I got to tell her. And so like kind of set up this like elaborate dinner to, to drop that on her. And it was just a change in our relationship. Right. Like I knew at that point how I was feeling mm-hmm. and then what I was going to verbalize now was going to change and hopefully that she would respond back yeah, exactly. with the same, That's always the but, <laughs> but you feel like even in the gospel of Luke, this is a, a moment, right? Yeah, like it is, it's boom. Yep. Jesus is Lord. I've said it. It's out there. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> right? It looks exactly. so good. I didn't think about that till I know. even you, you said that yesterday, which is so great. Um, and then another thing that hit me too was that no one asked for this miracle. Mm-hmm. The widow didn't ask for the miracle. One of the pallbearers didn't ask for the miracle. Jesus just full of compassion was moved to do this. I'm trusting too. The spirit was filling him up and mm-hmm. telling him do this. Now's yeah. the time. Yeah. Go for it. Right. Yeah. Must be. It's so interesting to think if he's just been kind of like waiting to do something that intense and he's just like oh man it's now this what what more yeah a widow who's just lost her only son like yeah if we're gonna if i'm gonna have this power yeah (laughs) you know let me let me let me use it now father you know like and so that's it's incredible though that's let me let me drop a few jesus jukes on you if i can too one is you wonder if jesus had compassion on this widow knowing that his mother was potentially a widow at this point because we don't hear yeah. about Joseph. Yeah. And that she would one day mourn mm-hmm. her son mm-hmm. dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so his compassion wasn't just even rooted. Obviously, he's just full seeing the woman. Yeah. 
but also you just wonder if there was some foreknowledge of this will be my That's situation yeah, wow. down the road too. And then looking back, um, I, I looked this up and I don't know how accurate the mileage is or kilometers, but where Elisha healed or raised to dead the mm-hmm. widow's son is mm-hmm. like five kilometers from Nain. Mm. So I wonder, because in verse 16 of Luke 7 says, a great prophet has risen among us. Yeah. So you wonder if the people were like, whoa, we heard about Elisha doing this. Is this like, it's Elisha reincarnate, right? Like he's back, right. like he's, the same miracle in the same region is happening here. So it's almost like this look back of what had happened, filling the prophecy as Lord, but then also looking ahead to his own that, I don't know, just two things no, that totally. were like, whoa, that's, that's, so, really good. that's so good. Yeah, it's really good. I actually had that whole first King 17 thing of, of Elijah, like just in my notes even. Yeah. But then it was just like, ah, it's like, feel like it's just like, I feel like I was like, it's, get, yeah, I was getting into like cool trivia <laughs> instead of like, I know it's, it's kind and of, that's what the pods for, right? Yeah, exactly. But, but that is so cool because of how the people said a mighty prophet is risen among us. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, well, no, God has visited his people today. That's almost how I like take <laughs> Whoa, that part. Like yeah. verse 16, because it's interesting. Cause that That's ver- good. Yeah. It's like, because <clears throat> it, it does say that first part, a mighty prophet is risen. And so you're just like, mm, that's like, I, I even said that on Sunday, like it's it, but not quite it. Like mm-hmm. he is that, but that's not all he is. He's yeah. more. Yes. And um, because he's God, God has visited his people today. Oh, wow. So good. Yeah. I know. <laughs> And then even uh, it's like in Luke 1, 68, Zechariah, if you remember when he was mm-hmm. struck mute in the temple, hmm. Zechariah, that guy, he says, blessed be God because he has visited his people when yeah. his voice comes back. Right? right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm just trying to even remember that whole story. But yeah, blessed be God because he has visited his people. Yeah. And then there's... And then it's a, said. Yeah, and then it's said. And then there's a situation in Luke 19 that we'll get to eventually where it's talking about the people have missed the visitation mm. of God. Like, mm-hmm. so these woe pe- to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is intense. Um, wait, where is that Luke? Yeah. It's like in, uh, as Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Huh. Um, yeah. So it's just it's so sad, but yeah, the people have, have missed the visitation Ooh. of God. I feel like a little Christmas series birthing <laughs> right here on the pod. I know, like 25, maybe 2025. Right, <laughs> this whole visitation, God's visited yeah, his people. It's cool. So anyway, it's a pretty, just such an amazing passage. It it's is. Like, loving Luke, loving just even sitting here slowly through seven. It's really good. You set the end to application point for us is like, Hey, don't want you to think as you hear this that you're supposed to, I think you said the words faith it up. Yeah. <laughs> I like that term. I understand <laughs> what it means. Like, you know, this isn't just about do more, do better, do gooder. Yeah. But just rest and relax um, in trusting God's plan. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? Or do you have any concern? Like, oh, we would just take away these messages of like, all right, got to do more, got to do better. Right. I, I don't know. I, I do think there is this sense of what faith is, is is trusting and, um, and this is not in some Bible dictionary kind of way, but like it's trusting and kind of like letting go of needing to impose your like demands and will upon something, Mm -hmm. but you have faith that God will do what God should do. Mm -hmm. Right. Or like Mm -hmm. that will of God or that way of God, um, is like, I will place my faith in him for his 
like both like sovereignty and goodness mm-hmm. and just like trust in mm-hmm. him and for all things, whether that's salvation, I trust in him for eternal salvation. I also just trust in him for what's going to be the best path of my life, mm-hmm. which might include suffering, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, um, like this boy someday dies <laughs> yeah. again right. and he stayed dead that time. Right. And like, maybe it was before his mom died. Maybe it was after, I don't mm-hmm. know. And so, but people grieved his death mm-hmm. at some point again. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. And he's not still walking around yeah, in 2023. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy if that was like the rule though. If you got like resurrected by Jesus, <laughs> you like just were Lazarus, around the oldest man ever, that little girl that Jesus like raised up, yeah. was just like cruising around and they're like buddies maybe. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a vampire show or something. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> For, maybe this is a new, uh. <laughs> new uh fiction or have you seen that uh, movie or heard of that movie like i think it's called age of adeline it's this girl she gets in this it's kind of a crazy storyline she gets in a um car crash into a river and then a a lightning bolt strikes the river and her car right as it hits (laughs) and then it somehow like it's just it's a fantastical story but it somehow makes her not age anymore whoa and so then but there's like a, it's like a blessing and a curse kind right. of thing, you know, that whole thing because everybody else is aging yes. and she's staying the same. Yeah. And so she's kind of like lived through multiple generations or whatever. Whoa. And, uh, her desire to kind of just become like quote unquote mortal again or yes. whatever. And, uh, anyway, sorry, that's a side note, but just thinking if that was what happened to Can all, imagine? all resurrected people by Jesus, yes. <laughs> they had their little club, but uh, no, but they didn't, they died. That's not true. So right. they, they died again and people grieved them. And in the midst of that grief, like God is still good. Mm-hmm. God is still sovereign. Mm-hmm. God is to be trusted. Right. And so we trust in that and we like lean on him yeah. for all things. Yeah. yeah. Rest and relax in that. I like those yeah. terms. Rest and relax. And yeah, Jesus saves ultimately is not about Jesus saves us from pain, suffering, or even death in this life. Yeah. But it's, he saves us for <laughs> eternity. Yep. So good. Um, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was really, really fun uh, sermon to go through. And I think we may see a first person again at some point, (laughs) maybe even here in the Gospel of Luke. Maybe. By you? Uh, Maybe Dave Mitchell. You mentioned he's coming back. Maybe we should invite him to do a first person. (laughs) I'm not going to do it this Sunday with like, um, I don't know, it's like the... These, these disciples of John the Baptist come and talk to the disciples of Jesus. And well, is yeah. this the Messiah? Is right. Not well, the Messiah? in two weeks, I'm doing the <laughs> sinful woman who anointed Jesus with her tears. I'd like for you to be the <laughs> sinful woman. If you could play that part. And like, maybe just, I'll be the tears. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a tear dropping from her eyeball. <laughs> I was floating in the ground. Not, not sure where I was landing, and then I landed on the most holy foot I've ever thought of in my life. <laughs> All right, that sounds kind of sounds sacrilegious. Oh, that was good though. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a good idea. I'm sure, there's nothing wrong. With All that right, idea. come come next week. Come in a couple of weeks. You may yeah, you'll see, see something you've never, never wanted to see. At Calvary Church. All right, let's get into a little listener mailbag. Yeah, I'm just I'm still <laughs> stunned. <laughs> Of the questions, plural, like usually we maybe mine one. This is a whole plethora. This is like, oh, yeah, full marble bag. Yeah, we got we got a bunch of questions. It's going to be good. Maybe I should like just refresh my Instagram too real quick. And there could see. be even more. There's uh, there's not. Um, but I did open it straight to my little sermon moment. That's 
that's great. Uh, um, all right. Jordan does a great job of, of uh, this podcast. He also uh, producing this podcast, editing and stuff, although I don't think he edits much, but just kind of well, tightens no, it up. Th- I'm thankful for Jordan that he edits anything because yeah. imagine if he didn't, all the drivel that would yeah, appear bad. on this podcast. I'm pretty sure he doesn't edit. <laughs> he <just puts> it <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Do you think he listens? He has to listen to it because he has to listen all the way through it to make sure it like, like works. bad words or something. <laughs> no, not bad words, but just like make sure it didn't glitch out or something, oh. you know? So yeah. he might be able to, he, he may listen to it on like triple speed though. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. And like, you know what? Can you write in if you listen to this podcast on anything more than normal? Ooh, yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't think we talk super. There's some podcasters <laughs> that speak quite slowly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm probably more on that edge, but uh, <laughs> I've been like accused of speaking too quickly. Maybe they slow it. Okay. Also emails if you slow it down. Oh yeah. There you go. Or I guess emails if you listen at all. All right. Question for the pod. Question number one. This is like kind of just like a businessy one. This oh. is from Carolyn. Okay. Hi, Eric and Matt. Love listening to the podcast each week as I'm working out in the flower field. Oh, sweet. Makes weeding just a little bit more enjoyable. <laughs> We're happy to surf. <laughs> Matt, I understand you are now overseeing the ESL program. Uh-huh. Matt has not seen this question before. He's no, like, I'm, he's, I'm he's starting to get nervous. I, I am sweating, Carolyn. Um, would it be possible to start a Spanish as a second language course? I would love to be able to interact more with our brothers and sisters across the quad. Okay. Two thoughts on that. <laughs> Thought number one, I love that suggestion. Yes. I think that's an amazing suggestion. Thought number two, we have not actually implemented that we have talked about it but i could see that happening in the near future because we already have a classroom set up for um, english second language yeah it'd be easy just to also have an option yeah for spanish and we have some amazing boy we have some translators in our church that are so gifted Hmm. um so uh one is um is jaime that's uh jaime alonso who's helping us with alpha right now so we're doing alpha if you don't know in english and spanish and so um so he translates we, I do in English, he does it in Spanish, and then we break off and listen to the videos in either language, and then we come back and talk about it. So actually, Carolyn, if you, if you had a Wednesday night, show up, but then go to the Spanish alpha, and maybe you'll catch some stuff you could take <laughs> home. But no, but yeah, but also it's like, seems like a good idea. That's I think love that idea. idea. That we could yeah. probably do, like as you said, like relatively, relatively easy. easily. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I mean, not... Not we could do relatively easily. It's <laughs> yeah, so more of a universal <laughs> we here at Calvary Church. Oh. All right. So these the rest of these questions are... Oh, thank you, Carolyn, for your email. Yes. Um, thank you. The rest of these emails are, or these questions are from Instagram, where I put up a little story with okay. a little question Thanks box. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. You know, just trying to, you know, bring questions that people have. Sure. So we've got some serious ones, some silly ones. Um, let's, uh, we'll do one silly one, then we'll get into a, a couple serious ones. Okay. But, uh, this is from uh, Greg, uh, Greg Angier. Thoughts on selling air conditioning and heating naming rights to help fundraise. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Century Field at the link, you know, Seattle yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. Did you hear how Aaron Rodgers was calling it, uh, instead of MetLife, he was calling it JetLife no. Field? Oh. But then I was wondering if, if MetLife was like, whoa, we pay a lot of money for yeah, it to be called MetLife. Yeah, let's Life. call it the real yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ooh, what, could, what, what do you think some sponsors would be that would be interested in sponsoring oh, yeah. our worship center? That's good. Maybe like um, an actual, just like a residential heating and air company. <laughs> yeah. Or we could have... Um, 
maybe like Fairhaven Mortuary. Oh, like, man. <laughs> we, <laughs> we were actually at uh, one time with students. We went to um, a church in South Central L.A. as part of our experience um, working in urban L.A. And they had fans they'd pass out to everybody. Yeah. And the fans were had a mortuary name on them. Oh, yeah. They were sponsored little yes, fans. Yes. Man, that's that's intense. Like, yeah. That's an intense one. Maybe it also... <laughs> Like help with the altar calls, kind of got people like <laughs> really thinking about thinking about life and death and stuff, life. eternity. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also like think for sure we could do this if all we have to do is put the sign on the air conditioning unit because <laughs> nobody would really see it. <laughs> so then point. I wouldn't feel weird about like naming the building. You would, know? Yeah. Would that be awkward? Like, hey, we'd like to welcome you to Calvary Church and the beautiful um, Farmers Insurance Worship <laughs> Center. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, Greg, yes. The bottom line is, yes, we will name the air conditioner after you if you want to give us a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it could be just the Greg, the Grog, uh, <laughs> uh, the double G, you could call it whatever it needs to be. All right. So let's do a more serious one. Oh, boy. Okay. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Get in my serious a mode. A couple of these serious ones, it's like people are trying to, like, get us fired or something, <laughs> you know? See if we like. <laughs> it's like Jesus being tested by the Pharisees. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's pretty, like we're not. By the way, we're not calling ourselves Jesus in this situation. No, no. These we are, are calling you Pharisees. But ooh, hey, hey. These are relatively controversial uh, topics. Oh, okay. So wow. Um, what are your thoughts on conditionalism and annihilationism? All right. So should we give a little uh, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> I think that'd be helpful for our listener and maybe for me as well. <laughs> uh, OK, so conditionalism, uh, conditional immortality. This would be that um, when the Bible says, like, those who are saved have eternal life, mm-hmm. right, that that would mean, again, I'm not saying I advocate this position. I'm describing You're describing it. it. I'm describing it. Um, it is that... Conditional immortality means eternal life is given to those who are in Christ and saved. Uh-huh. Everyone else does not have immortality. So they would not live forever okay, if you're I, not saved. Can I repeat that to you how yes, I heard it? Yes. So conditionalism is the idea that your your condition is immortal if you're tied union unionized in Christ in a sense. Good. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you're not then you're just mortal right so then you so then one of those options would be annihilationism for the not annihilation means that you would at some point cease to exist okay um so like uh some people believe in like a version of annihilationism Mm -hmm. that includes some suffering Mm -hmm. so there is like a period of suffering and then you would be like Mm -hmm. snuffed out let's Mm -hmm. say and so they would like their point and like the most famous probably of these people that believe in, in a version of this is John Stott, mm-hmm. who John Stott is someone who like we read some of his stuff at yeah. uh, Biola. Like he's got some works that are very his book on thoughtful. why I'm a Christian is one of the best books yeah, I've ever read. Yeah. And then he also wrote, I think, The Cross of Christ is his other most famous yeah. book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like really good, really good books. But we might have a, a differing view on like heaven, hell, like what happens when I die, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this is in the, this questions within this realm of all this stuff. So the kind of like different mm. options there are like one, and you can fill in if I forget any here, mm-hmm. but cause I'm just, again, I'm like kind of riffing, mm-hmm. um, but we can get into some Bible verses, which I've got like down too. but like, you've got 
what some people might call eternal conscious torment in hell. Yeah. So hell forever, and it's like forever eternal suffering. And the reason right? for that is because our sin is against an eternal God. Yes. And therefore deserves an eternal punishment. Yes. And like, so a lot of people would believe too within that, that people that would reject God would not want to be with God forever. Uh-huh. And so some people would even think that that's like, that the fire and all that kind of, and like the gnashing of teeth kind of like analogies are um, a way of describing how awful it would be to be outside of the presence of God forever. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. you know, again, I'm not necessarily like, I'm a pretty like traditionalist when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I would go like a, in that realm of yeah. more to like mm. a, an actual literal hell. Yeah. Um, and that has some level of eternal conscious torment. Sure. Now that I actually would say, I don't know if that would be being outside of the presence of God would be likely like is awful. Like, because even within this world, we're all in on earth. We are, we do have the presence of God, even like non-believers yeah. is like, this is a world like that is the this pres- is father's presence world, of God right? all around Psalm us. eight. Like we see, yeah. Yeah. General revelation. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, and obviously then a real, like a real heaven or a new heaven and new earth as described yes. at the end of the book of revelation uh-huh. that God is kind of creating this new quote unquote garden city, mm-hmm. um, that we would live in forever with him. And then, yeah, so then there's universalism, mm-hmm. which would say everyone's saved. Yep. There's also sort of like a second chance universalism that mm-hmm. some people believe in, where it's like you could reject him on earth, but you'd have like a second chance at the judgment mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, to receive and him. And that would sort of be under the Roman Catholic doctrine of um, purgatory. Right, right, right. And uh, then you've got... Then you've got more like annihilationism, yeah. which is like still, it's still an eternal <clears throat> consequence, yeah. but it's a, but it's not eternal conscious suffering or right. torment. And I, I have to just say like the, the one that feels the most um, emotionally satisfying yeah. of the options of hell yeah. would be an annihilationism because like I think of people that I love who have passed away, who had no verbal or, or known connection to Jesus. Yeah. And to think of them suffering eternal, it's gnarly, man. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> it's very weighty. If I like let myself kind of think about that for a little bit, um, and so it's like, oh, okay, the idea that they're just snuffed out would feel more emotionally, even intellectually satisfying. And yet, I guess we have to turn back to it's not necessarily what we find emotionally intellectually satisfying. It's what the scriptures say, right? Right. And yeah, there's even like a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, there's no doctrine I would more willingly remove from Christianity than hell. If yeah. it lay in my power, I would pay any price to be able to say truthfully, all will be saved. Yeah. And that's, there are these like, so there are reasons why people believe in universalism. There's reasons why people believe in annihilationism. Sure. There's reasons why they believe in some form of conditional, some form of conditional immortality. Mm-hmm. Like what, however that plays out in the timeline of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's like, it's not, these people aren't just like morons. Like there's, yeah. there's verses that it's kind of like, like I've talked about with like infant baptism, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't agree with that point of view, but there's reasons they do. He and his whole household we're baptized and right. we're saved. Right. And okay. So like in the same thing in this, like, um, for God's love world, you know, that he gives mm-hmm. us, um, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, that's not the one I was trying to think of actually, but it's, um, there's verses of just like, and like, oh, that God desires for all to be saved, yes. you know, yes. um, that kind of stuff. 
And so, again, these are kind of hard because I'm trying to, like, refer to some stuff, but not, like, yeah, I'm not reading an essay I just wrote. I know. <laughs> if you gave me a couple hours to think these, I'd probably have a better eloquent answer. But it does seem to, as you search the New Testament, it does, and even the Old, it does seem to refer to um, our souls as immortal. And it doesn't give a condition of uh, if you believe in God or if you have faith in the Messiah to come or Jesus Christ. Yeah seems to just put the statement out there that our souls are immortal. So it's yeah. hard to yeah. It's hard to reconcile that. Right. Cuz I've always thought it was weird though how it was like that you would have eternal life cuz I was always like, well, what do you mean? Aren't we don't we all have eternal life, but yeah. we either it depends where we spend it. Yeah. Right? It's so like I remember kind of like thinking that through so you'd understand sort of philosophically right. why you would get there. But then there's like a bunch of passages so like Mark 948 refers to where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Hmm. That's also in Isaiah. Matthew 2546, and these will go away into eternal punishment, mm-hmm. but the righteous into eternal life. Mm-hmm. So there is this like dichotomy yeah. between eternal punishment and eternal life there. Um, there's Revelation 14, uh, I think 14, 10, and 11, but 11. Uh, says they have no rest day or night, these worshipers of the beast and its image and whoever receives the mark of its name. Um, oh, it says, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. Hmm. So these are some of these verses that would kind of like would speak into this as well as the lake of fire passage yes. in Revelation 2010, the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Yes. So, now, uh, now that so one's we, not about people Right, but we at least know from that there's a baseline that there'll be somebody that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's tormented that's in judgment forever. Yep, yep. Um, so there's, there's like a, a bunch of verses about this. Now, I've tended to be, like I said, more of a traditionalist, if for whatever you'd want to call it, um, in some of this kind of stuff, but um, this stuff's, man, it stuff's hard because it's true. I feel like along the lines of C.S. Lewis, like, yes, I would absolutely love to be wrong. I, yeah. would, I would absolutely love to be a universalist. Yes. Like to be a universalist sounds great. Like everybody, yeah. everybody gets in. Right. You know, um, I just don't know if that's where the text takes me. Well, uh, yeah. And also, um, so go ahead. Uh, no, 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 I was going to say, you look at the big God story. The big God story is God redeeming Right. human beings. Right. And so if he took such efforts, we talk about here in Luke seven to God visits us, yep. it wouldn't make sense that he did all of this. If there was already kind of this idea that everyone is saved. Right. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, think of the steps that God did, I guess, sending the son into the world, subject to a human body, subject to humiliation, subject to humility, subject to um, being misidentified, taunted, crucified, put into a grave, separated from the father, like all of that just to say like, oh yeah, but there's also another way. <laughs> right, know? It's right. like it does, it just doesn't fit the story. Right. And they might say he did all of that. He had to still do all of that, but it saved everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know, no. that, that's the way to, right. to combat that. You're right. Like Romans 5, 18, again, I'm, again, I'm not necessarily arguing for that point, but I think it's good to kind of like have some good Absolutely, yeah. back and forth. Uh, Romans 5, 18, therefore as one trespass led to condemnation for all, for all men. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Yeah. So like that kind of a verse is like, whoa, okay. Um, 
Uh, now, I think it can be to all as it's like discussing to all who place. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to like really look at the breadth of scripture. Yes. It's like who Romans 10, 9, mm-hmm. if you confess with your mm-hmm. mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yes. So, okay, so if you do that, you'll be saved. But then what was the point of that if like everybody mm-hmm. is just saved? Right. Right. And so that's where it, it doesn't make as much sense to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's just like there's a lot. So just trying to, yeah, I think that's like pretty much gets us like where of describing it and mm-hmm. what is conditionalism, what is uh, universalism, what is annihilationism, mm-hmm. and um, these different viewpoints. Um, while I do believe in a real, literal like hell, yeah, and that's and, and, and that's the statement of Calvary Church as well as uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not just you. This no, this would yeah, be exactly. like um, something that as a church we've wrestled with, thought yeah. through, yeah. looked to the scriptures, and come to the conclusion of. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, uh, but I think it's also like really helpful as we've just already said. But it's just helpful to understand like why some people might think some other things. And there's some very there's like reasons to not think that but there's also reasons to be sort of respectful in the way that you would like discuss that with people right yeah like what you're saying is people aren't idiots for coming up with <laughs> alternative ideas yeah. like they've even searched scriptures too yeah exactly exactly so okay but i do think on that like there was the whole like love wins by rob bell that came out several mm-hmm. years ago there is some that have an agenda i think to say like uh, i i reject that scripture yes and so i think that's different than yeah. saying man, I've wrestled with the scriptures and I think it's saying this right? instead of just saying like, ah, no, I don't like that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know there is. And it can be like, a, also there's like some that just like remove the necessity of Jesus. Right. Like the necessity of the son coming and dying on the yeah. cross and rising again, resurrection power and what that accomplished. Right. Like, man. So anyway. Okay. So that's good. If good you question. Have, yeah. Thank you. Um, that question was from Esteban. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Esteban. And uh, this question is from a guy named AJ. Oh, and I was going to say, Esteban, too, if you have other comments or thoughts, send it to us. We'd love to read what you have to say. Maybe. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we do care about what everyone has to say. If I ever say I don't, it's because I actually know the person. I'm just teasing them, <laughs> and I'm teasing them. Okay, so okay, then, AJ, AJ uh, why were the disciples so quick to drop everything and follow? Did they already know who he was? Hmm. Very interesting question. Yeah. AJ, you've been paying attention in our Gospel of Luke series. So I wonder, like, okay, so first of all, there were, like, people, they were, like, looking for the Messiah, right? So the Jewish people, especially of the first century, they're looking and waiting for the Messiah. It's a big deal to them. Um, And then they probably had a better grasp of the Bible than like any of us do today, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. the old Testament Mm -hmm. kind of like, what are the signs now? Also a lot of these disciples were kind of like the, like high school dropouts, (laughs) (laughs) you know, maybe middle school dropouts. Uh, Uh, So it's not like they were like the scholars necessarily. Right. Um, You're saying they didn't have as much to lose. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying by that, but they, they weren't like, they weren't people sitting around, like studying the signs of the Messiah. And then, yes, this is him. Yeah. Do they already know who he was because of like how much they had known oh, about who saying. the Messiah should be <laughs> mm-hmm. or something. Um, but it almost might be because they didn't have that. 
because it seems like the Pharisees were so blinded because yeah. of like, I don't know, they wanted everything to fit perfectly in their like right. perfect little puzzle pieces. Yeah. I don't know if you got thoughts. Yeah, it's a good question, AJ. I mean, you look at like Peter's story, and it seems like Peter, when he drops his nets in the Gospel of Luke, he'd already had an encounter with Jesus before that. It seems like it. Yeah. So there was a sense that maybe at the first time he met Jesus, like, man, there's something different about this guy. And then the Holy Spirit just knocking on his heart and mm-hmm. mind. And, um, and then ultimately when Jesus calls him, like, he's ready. But it's almost, I would relate the disciples calling to each of our callings, like, how, how did that work for us? Like, how did you like one day just say, like, I believe yeah. I'm following you, Jesus. Like in some ways it's how it happened for the early disciples too. They had this encounter with Jesus mm-hmm. that they literally knew too much to ever go back. Yeah. And also you just got to think, you know, Isaiah tells us there was nothing special or amazing about the appearance of the Messiah, but there had to be something about when the Messiah called your name Yeah. that just was different than anything you'd ever experienced. Yeah. And so... I think based on that particularized calling, mm-hmm. um, they were like, yeah, man. <laughs> Plus he was doing some crazy miracles yes, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. And then <laughs> the power demonstrations as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like bottom line, like the answer is we don't actually know. We're just we like, we're, we're kind of trying to figure it out with yeah. you. Yeah. But uh, I think, fun. I mean, it's possible too, because sometimes in their attempt, like all four of the gospel writers, when they, they talk about the con the disciples, they'd mention a little bit, but they're not as interested in that like inner dialogue of the disciples. They're Mm -hmm. just interested in telling you that they were the followers. And so, but you want to wonder like, was Matthew like, Oh, first time, "Eh, maybe not. Yeah. (laughs) Like came back a second time. Like, okay. Or like, or maybe he told him and then 48 48 hours later, Matthew showed up into his pack or what? Like, we don't necessarily know (coughs) all of the details of that Mm -hmm. wrestling or timing. Yeah. That's where the, like, it's fun. That's where things like the chosen is, is fun because, um, it shows Peter's kind of like going back home and kind of figuring it out, like trying to right. wrestle with this and like the struggle, like, do I, do I not like anyway, all that. So yep. that's kind of fun, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good question. All right. So let's Thanks, keep AJ. moving on. Uh, we'll do, okay. We'll do a, a less serious one and then we'll do a more serious one. Okay. Now this one, we actually have two people asked a similar question. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll straight up say their names. This is, from Avery Krushevich, okay, who is a college freshman. Ave- oh, I was gonna say thanks for listening, but I don't think she's listening. She just responded to your Instagram. Yeah, but I think this might get her to listen. Okay, so. Avery, if you're here, yeah, welcome. Exactly. exactly. Welcome to the pod family, Avery. We think you're amazing, and uh, we'll we'll talk about how amazing you are on the podcast more often if you listen. So <laughs> then, uh, Lauren McGonigal, who uh-huh. is uh, on our staff team. Okay. So here is Avery's question: <laughs> What are your thoughts on the rumored relationship of? Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and then Lauren says, how much is the NFL paying Taylor Swift to date Travis Kelsey? <laughs> Matt, explain who Travis Kelsey is. Okay, so Travis Kelsey is one of the well more well-known football players in yep. the National Football League. He's on the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs from last year. And he's got a really famous podcast with his brother as well. Mm-hmm. So I'd he hosted probably, SNL. Yeah, so he's probably one of the top five yeah. right now most famous NFL players. He's his position is tight end, which he catches touchdowns and blocks yeah. people. And, and he's he's a pretty tough guy. One of the top three of all time, probably. Maybe at his position. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. No, I only mean at his position. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's who he yeah, is. I've been following this more than I should. Now, Matt, who is Taylor Swift? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I need your help on that. Uh, uh, no, just kidding. I think people know who Taylor Swift is. Like probably most famous pop artist of our era. Of our era. Get oh, 
Oh, Aaron. So <laughs> a, reportedly, Travis Kelsey showed up at her concert in Kansas City this summer mm-hmm. and said um, or wanted to meet her. And I guess do they do bracelets or something at the concerts? Right? French, friendship bracelets. <laughs> so he was going to hand those. her a friendship bracelet Whoa. with his phone number on it Whoa. because Travis Kelsey is a notorious bachelor. <laughs> and I guess tra- is Taylor Swift not dating anybody currently? Correct, as far as I know. Okay. So he was going to hand that to her, but she re- like she passed out some like, I don't talk to people before or after my concerts because I have to save my voice. So he was like rejected. So somehow he put it out there on kind of his podcast, like, man, I got rejected and I want to invite you to a um, Chiefs game. And then she came as his guest and sat next to his mom in the press or in the suite, yeah, in suite. at the Kansas City football game. And she was game dressed in Kansas City gear. She was like cheering and freaking out. Like yeah. they kept going, camera kept going her over and over again okay. in that game. I was watching, I was watching that game. So it's hard to know. Is that highlights. really. I mean, Hollywood stuff, you don't know if they're really dating or just publicity for both right, of them. Or right, what. But the, so the, our question is, what are your thoughts oh. <laughs> on it? You think it's true? Um, I I think it's just a lot of hype. Yeah. I also think, like, Travis Kelsey, no offense against you, man. Like, I'm sure you're a cool guy, but he's kind of like, he's like into muscle cars and he's got like. They don't seems seem like, compatible. He seems like a very simple football player. Wow. <laughs> And I'm not, I don't even know Taylor. I've never even heard Taylor Swift talk. So you're saying he's too dumb for Taylor is what you're saying? I'm wondering that. <laughs> but I mean, cause all I know is that she's a brilliant songwriter. So she's got to be pretty thoughtful, but yeah. I don't know. It, what's your thought? You, you know, Taylor Swift better than I do. So do you think it why, could why work? Do you, why do you, cause you have two daughters. I think you've even been to one of the shows or something. Have, I think you have two daughters, bro. Just FYI real quick. I know, but one of them is. <laughs> <laughs> No, both my, I have not been to one of the shows, but both my daughters did go to the most recent show. Okay. So what do you know about her that would, do you think she would ever date this slash marry a football player? I don't think it's real. Okay. I think it's like, I think it's hype to generate publicity. For both of them? For both of them. Huh. Not that she needs it that much, but it seems like. Just kind of a fun thing. I think it's like a fun thing. Yeah. And because that's why Lauren's question, how much is the NFL paying? Because <laughs> it's like, it's way better for Travis than it is for Taylor. Okay. But here's the thing, like you don't, I don't think you should ever, I, I would, I, if I was talking to any man in the world, uh-huh. I would say don't ever date Taylor Swift. <laughs> Why? For molts for, I mean, there's maybe like actual reasons, but like, <laughs> because you are going to end up breaking up and you will be in a song where you are hated <laughs> and then all the girls of the world will hate you forever. So you'll be immortalized. Yeah. Speaking immortalized of immortal. as yeah. hated by, and it's just like, it's just a bad place to put yourself. Oh, that's funny. And so I don't know. I just think it's a dangerous place to be. So I think Kelsey, because she has away. multiple songs about multiple breakups or boyfriends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just destruction of, of dudes. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe that's her, maybe that's her whole goal in this thing. He's getting publicity. Hers is like, I'm, I have writer's block right now. Yeah, I need to like someone. go write a song about somebody. She might be wanting to go back to her country roots, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's, I think that's enough on Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh, but that was good. So thank you to Avery and thank you to Lauren for that wonderful question. Appreciate I was it. shocked when we had two questions <laughs> on this so topic. The people are thinking about. And then, okay. So this one is a more serious question. So will be our final question for the day. Okay. Um, biblical inerrancy. Oh, just a, <laughs> just a, a small subject, right? Yeah. Uh, what verses support this? I've heard it's God's inspired word. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yes, this is a massive question. This is not something I've done 
like uh, I, I mean, I know about this, but I don't have mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff in front of me about it right now. Sure. Or anything. Um, <laughs> so, but it is like from that core of like all scripture is inspired by God. Yeah. Second Timothy three sixteen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that is like the core of where that comes from. And there's some good reason of why you should include like the whole Bible or like the Pauline epistles in that, because mm-hmm. where you get with that verse is, or, or I mean the, Peter epistles as mm-hmm. well, because Peter, as a, as an apostle, calls Paul's writing scripture. Yes, and then here, like Paul is saying, all scripture then is right. um, inspired by God and profitable and useful. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, right. And so, because some people would think he's only the argument against this would be, oh, he's referring to in First Timothy. If he's talking about the scripture, he's talking about the Old Testament. The Old Testament. Um, but there's this. This is the rationale of why you could believe it's all. Yeah. Um, I don't have those chapter and verses. Well, in front Second of me. Timothy was probably the last book written in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It was right before Paul died. So it's being poured out like a drink offering. So there's a sense that he's in prison in this That's the other time. Thing that's and yeah. so at that point, you would have at least how we would date um, the New Testament epistles and gospels. They would have been before yeah. Second Timothy was written. So the all scripture part. Um, you could also argue it was just the Old Testament. But either way, there was a sense that uh, in that first century, they were already deciding what was inspired and what was just either an extra non-biblical writing that was helpful for commentary or for even like, quote unquote, your own devotional use with the yeah. use that term, but something like that versus no, no, this is from God. And there's yeah. even an awareness of some of the author's realizing that hmm. as they are speaking and being recorded mm-hmm. in the prophets in the old Testament and people like Isaiah and prophets back then, the, the weight on them was if anything you say is wrong, mm-hmm. we're going to kill you. Right. And right. so there was a sense of when they said, thus saith the Lord, they believed it yes. and it was able to be checked out and what was happening later um, in order for them to be part of the inspired scriptures, new Testament, same you, Paul at one point says, I'm writing this in my own hand, or this is my opinion, mm-hmm. not necessarily the Lord's. There was a sense that even as he's writing um, his letters to the churches, he was aware that the spirit was leading him, inspiring him to do that. Yet also using the own personalities of all, yeah. all the authors, which is so cool and also kind of mysterious. Right. It is. It is mysterious. And like, we think it's, it is like, like you said, their personality and, and it's like them, but it is like the Holy Spirit leading them to write it. But it's not like the Holy Spirit taking over your hand yes, and you somehow can't control <laughs> your hand, but you're like writing well, stuff. And that's what Joseph Smith would right. have argued when he found the <laughs> tablets and did his whole thing. Yeah. It was like, oh, I just, something took over and I woke up and, and Muhammad would say the same thing. And hold all these words. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, and... So that's where, yes, because again, another thing from our doctrinal statement, like here at Calvary, yeah. like it's, we believe the Bible is inerrant. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you have to define your terms. You have to define what you mean when you say the Bible, yeah. like a lot of this kind of stuff, right? Because yeah. we'd even say like the Bible is inerrant in its original autographs. Yes. Not even original. We, we wouldn't say manuscripts. Even we'd say autographs. Yes. So like that very first, <laughs> you know. Yes. The very first letter of the Philippians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that parchment that went out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, oh, let's go ahead. No, 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 keep going. Something so cool I just read about over the weekend that happened August 30th. So this is like fresh news out is that they just discovered. So uh, I forget the exact timeline. I think like 50 years ago, 
they discovered this treasure chest of writings mm. in Israel. They were able to, and they're still like parsing through. There was so much, they're still parsing through it today. Yeah. Just August 30th, they announced this press release that they've found fragments of two of the Gospels mm. in, um, in Matthew and in Mark. Mm. And they found lines from the Gospels in these parchment papers that are the oldest um, copies that we have of the New Testament to this point. And they <laughs> think they're dated late. Second century, early third century. Okay. So it's pretty revolutionary. I mean, we'd love to have the original autograph yeah. of that. Of wow, this is Paul's, you know, actual script or whatever. The person that you know dictated yeah. it for him. Yeah. Um, but we're getting closer and closer. The more archaeology advances, yeah, cool. um, they're dating this now just within, um, boy, um, a close millennial of. I mean, a close hundred years. Of, yeah. Of, yeah. scriptures in that's the first interesting. century. Yeah. Cause I'd want to see some of that. Cause that sounds okay. So that's kind of like the whole thing with the Dead Sea Scrolls. So the whole thing with the Dead Sea Scrolls, it does support quote, you know, quote unquote, biblical inerrancy because you had this period of about a thousand years between there's like this thousand year gap of when these things were written. Right. And then uh, of when the, these were like the oldest texts that we have still, mm -hmm. they're all of the old, those are all obviously of the old Testament. But then what happened is then they find them in this modern era in the 1900s. Yeah. And then they are like 99.99% exactly the same. There was like a couple like couple like article words, like small words or, or uh, uh, punctuation that were a little bit like different. Mm -hmm. And but it was just like the same as what we still have. Yes. And so it's showing how what we still have is like remaining true to what was then. Yeah. And it that's like such a helpful thing with even current biblical inerrancy because like the big concern is that it's the telephone game, right? Yes. That it like shifts over time. And you do have like a little bit of that. Like we do have some sort of like manuscript discrepancies here and there. You've got like the story of the adulterous woman that was going to be stoned and Jesus said, he who's without sin, throw the first stone. And so some people say, well, this story wasn't in the earliest manuscripts that we have. Mm -hmm. So you have to like hold that story loosely that's in Mark somewhere. And yeah. And, there, you know, and there's even some wrestling with that of like, well, 10% of the manuscripts that we do have, have that story. Right. 80, 90% don't. But then you do find it always appearing in later manuscripts. Like, so there's even wrestling within that, yeah. right? Of, yeah. And the whole dating of... Um, <laughs> of writings, I think is still a, a science that's being figured out in some yeah. ways too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I know we do believe in biblical inerrancy. I think I even more, this is going to sound, I mean, that sounds weird even more, but like I wholeheartedly believe that the scriptures are inspired by the Holy spirit of God and are authoritative for our lives. Yeah. So, um, like sometimes like you can get into this like weird argument that's sort of a pointless argument about biblical inerrancy because it's like, well, the order of these stories in Matthew is different than the order of them in Luke, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. And like there's again, there's like again, we could go on and on about there's like good reason for that mm -hmm. of what each author was trying to accomplish and the way that sort of Eastern first century mind would work. They, they weren't writing it for the same purpose mm -hmm. of just like a chronology. Yeah. They were trying to write it to give a proof of, of the Messiah. They're yeah. not trying to give you a chron chronology. 
Um, you know, so then you can, but then you can have some debate like, oh, well, wouldn't the Holy Spirit always get the chronology right? Right. But maybe the Holy Spirit as well doesn't care about, maybe God doesn't care about that as much, sure. you know? Yeah. We're <laughs> such a linear thinking the West yeah. versus the East, which would be more of like a kind of roundabout way mm-hmm. of doing things. And you can look four witnesses at a, at a stoplight. There's a traffic accident in the intersection. Right. They're going to have four different points of view. Yeah. It doesn't mean that those four points of view are necessarily one's wrong three are or one's right three are wrong yeah it's okay they all saw it from different angles right, right? and that's why holy spirit inspiration isn't yeah. taking over your hand and all of a sudden you're moving right you know because it is still bringing your that that the author's yes. personhood yeah. into it i found too is i've talked to skeptics of the bible yeah and they've you know questioned me like matt so much has been changed in the bible and i'll say okay um well can you give me some concrete evidences because uh-huh. i think what happens a lot of times is people pick buck on pick up on tiktok or yes. on google like they'll get these kind of phrases or mm-hmm. these statements and then they'll run with it i love to do is um and try to do it in a humble gentle way but be like okay let's look at it together like mm-hmm. what show me what you mean mm-hmm. by this and i've never had somebody that's really pulled up something that's like oh mm-hmm. okay normally that's just a talking point and then it doesn't go any deeper than right. that. So I, if this question is stemming from a conversation listener that you're having with somebody, I think it would be helpful just to say like, okay, let's dig through the scriptures together. Rather than talking about the yes. scripture, yes. let's actually read the scriptures and yeah. look at these different details. Yeah. And a lot of time those sorts of issues or those come from like a translation issue because mm-hmm. there's like different, there's so many, yeah, we are existing in a world with like hundreds of English translations, yes, you know? And so then you've got all these different translations. You have all the languages of the world being translated. Yeah. You've got some different kind of like roots of where those come from. You go back to the King James and all that kind of stuff. And so just, there's a lot going on where people might say like, this is different than the King James Bible. And you're like, well, yeah, because they actually learned how to do this better. (laughs) Um, It's actually a a better better. translation. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's sometimes it's stuff like that. So it's just hard to like, talk vaguely about, but we kind of try to bring our best into this. But I do love even the more I think you, the more you study the canon process, which Mm -hmm. is how the scriptures became the scriptures, especially the new Testament, um, the, the better I feel about it, the more vaguely you describe like a group of guys got in a room and decided this is the Bible. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Right. But the rationale of, of coming from the apostles who are the people that were with Jesus himself Mm -hmm. and then into like, and then as they all agree with each other and Mm -hmm. don't have, you know, things that go against each other, that's like so much better. And even that I'm just being vague with, but the more you dig into that, I think the better you'll feel. So, um, and even like Joni, as you asked that question, I'd love to chat with you about uh, even some other resources that you could like check out that kind of get into that, sort of canon, how we got the Bible. I think yeah. there's a book, how we got the Bible by Lightfoot, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's old school. Um, it's really good. Yeah. It's good. So anyway, there's some others. But yeah. I think, I mean, we'll go through this in 2024 on. as well in the spring, but we have, a, um, we went through this last year too, but how not to read the Bible by Dan yes. Kimball. I think that's a, um, an easy to read kind of explanation of some of even the difficult passages in the Bible. Some of them we've just kind of generally referenced right now. So that could be even a helpful resource book for you. And then how not to read the Bible for all it's worth by um, Gordon and Fee, that's uh, getting into kind of the different genres of the Bible, but it also has a good section on um, the inspiration as well. Okay, that's good. 
All right, I think we should wrap it up. We're at an wow. hour 22. Such good questions today. The people responded. Stuff. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Matt. And remember, if you have questions, you can email us, podcast at calvarylife.org. Um, and uh, so that's it. So thanks for listening. And well, I guess that's what I was going to say, right? Uh, thanks for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.